Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Updates on the FTX crypto collapse. Attorneys say former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried ran the company like a personal fiefdom. A potential railroad strike is coming this holiday season. We have everything you need to know about the situation. And investor home buying is falling at record rates, and they may not be returning anytime soon. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. More on the FTX crypto exchange saga. Its first bankruptcy hearing was held in Delaware court today. It's the highest profile crypto blow up to date and about 1 million creditors are facing losses totaling billions of dollars. At the bankruptcy hearing today, an attorney for FTX said the company plans to sell off healthy business units, but it also suffered cyber attacks and had, quote, substantial assets missing. An attorney also said that the firm had been run as a, quote, personal fiefdom of former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried with $300 million spent on real estate, like homes and vacation properties. Reuters found that FTX... Sam Bankman Street's parents and senior execs bought at least 19 properties in the Bahamas over the past two years. Most were luxury beachfront homes. It's unclear now where FTX and its executives got the funds to buy the properties. Bankman Fried allegedly used $10 billion in customer funds to prop up his trading business. Reuters reported that at least $1 billion of those deposits had vanished. Meanwhile, FTX's fall from grace has sent shivers to the crypto world, driving Bitcoin to its lowest level in two years and triggering fears of contagion among other firms. Major U.S. crypto lender Genesis said on Monday it was trying to avoid bankruptcy. FTX's trading firm Alameda Research was one of Genesis' biggest borrowers. Genesis has suspended customer redemptions and paused new loans after FTX's collapse. The Wall Street Journal reported Genesis approached crypto exchange Binance for help, but Binance declined. Genesis also reportedly approached private equity firm Apollo for capital assistance. Last week, the chief financial officer for major crypto exchange Coinbase said the full extent of the fallout was yet to come out, and it will be a few days or even weeks. And on Wall Street, stocks rallied today. The Dow gained 398 points, or one and two tenths of a percent. S&P added 54 points, or one and four tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq rose 150 points, or also one and four tenths of a percent. And shares of Zoom Video Communications Inc. have tumbled about 90 percent from their pandemic peak in October 2020. The drop comes as the former hot commodity struggles to adjust to a post-COVID world. NTD Shar Marshall has more. Companies that grew due to the pandemic boom continue to have problems adjusting back to the normal workings of society. Zoom shares are down 90% since the pandemic bump. Well, let's look into what's been happening. The company's operating expenses surged 56% in the third quarter as it spent more on product development and marketing. Its adjusted operating margin shrank to 34.6% from 39.1% a year earlier. The company, which became a household name during lockdowns due to the popularity of its video conferencing tools, is trying to reinvent itself. It's now focusing on businesses with products such as cloud calling service Zoom Phone and conference hosting offering Zoom Rooms. 
Zoom went from 10 million daily users in December 2019 to 300 million daily users in April 2020, then came under heavy fire when research reports and the CEO's disclosure revealed its encryption keys were being transmitted to servers in China in some cases. Zoom's privacy policies also seemed to give the company the right to do whatever it wanted with users' personal data. Zoom's end-to-end -end encryption wasn't exactly the safest and most private. Other Zoom meeting attendees could see a lot about you. Pranksters and bored teenagers could show up in private meetings and sometimes still do. Something termed a Zoom bomb showing up uninvited at public meetings and bringing shocking or rude content. Hargreaves Lansdowne equity analyst Sophie Lund Yates said, Zoom has a fundamental flaw. It has needed to spend heavily to keep hold of market share, spending to cling onto rather than grow. Market share is never a good place to be and was a sign of trouble ahead. Sean Marshall, NTD News. For today's first special report, the risk of a crippling national rail strike has resurged after some of America's biggest rail unions rejected a deal that was brokered by the White House. A potential strike would have profound impacts on the U.S. economy. American consumers and nearly every industry will be affected if freight trains grind to a halt next month. Here's the president of the rail union that actually voted against the deal. We had a contract ratification out for vote, and uh, this tentative agreement uh, was turned down by a very narrow decision. We had a record turnout uh, for voters, of course, uh, but uh, very split. Uh, only about 320 votes separated everything. So here's everything you need to know about the situation. First of all, why are rail workers unions threatening to strike? At the heart of the issue is that rail workers are unhappy with the pay and the attendance rules. The railroad unions are asking freight and railway companies for an increase in pay, as well as better working conditions, including paid time off and a more flexible schedule. In September, President Biden announced a tentative deal between railway companies and the rail worker unions. There are 12 railroad unions, and together they form the Coalition for National Freight Rail Bargaining. So far, eight of the unions have accepted the deal, and four have not. The good news is that concerns about pay were addressed in Biden's tentative deal. It includes a 24% wage increase over a five-year period from 2020 through 2024, and $1,000 payments for five years. Almost all of the financial issues were resolved with President Biden and his commission, the emergency board he put together. They resolved almost all of the financial issues. The fight here is about a unilateral change imposed by the railways for attendance. So they put in a new attendance policy, which means you can get fired for going to the doctor, you can get fired for what, uh, whatever reason it is, because every time you miss a shift or are late or call in sick, it deducts points off of this system. The strike could actually start as soon as December 5th next month. Eight, eight of us have ratified, four have not, but if one union goes out on strike or the railroads decide to lock us all out to motivate Congress, uh, every union would honor that. And that was the national president of the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen. Basically, what he's saying is that if there's a strike by any of the unions that voted against the deal, rail unions that accepted agreements have pledged to join the strike as well. 
Railroads haul about 40% of the nation's freight each year. If a strike were to take place, it wouldn't take very long for the effects to trickle through the economy. Many businesses have only a few days' worth of raw materials and space for finished goods. Makers of food, fuel, cars, and chemicals would all feel the squeeze, as would their customers. The railroads estimate that a rail strike would cost the economy $2 billion a day. And prices of nearly everything would increase. Some businesses would try to shift shipments over to trucks, but there aren't nearly enough of them available. One trade group estimated that it would need 470,000 additional trucks a day to handle everything railroads deliver. It would take about a week for customers to notice shortages of things like cereal, peanut butter, and beer at the grocery store, according to the vice president of supply chain for the Consumer Brands Association. About 30% of all packaged food in the U.S. is moved by rail. The damage would become increasingly severe as the, the longer the strike lasted, but it likely wouldn't last very long. I do not believe the strike would last more than a week before Congress would arbitrarily jump in, pass legislation saying we can't have this disruption at Christmas time or Hanukkah and destroy the holidays, get it back to work to keep the economy moving. They basically can pass a law to arbitrarily or end the strike. They can say, here's your new contract provisions go back to work and you have no more talking. So the railway won't be able to change it. The union won't be able to change it. Congress would resolve the dispute by law. The last railroad strike happened in 1992. Members of the International Association of Machinists Union walked off their jobs. Most of the country's freight railroads shut down. But Congress intervened just three days later to pass legislation imposing a new contract on workers. And besides a looming railway strike, another issue for Americans this holiday season is the skyrocketing airfare. Here's NTD's Arlene Richards with more. Americans are paying more for their Thanksgiving reunions. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, airfare jumped 25% in the last year, outpacing inflation. It's definitely gotten a lot pricier, which makes sense. It's probably closer to pre-pandemic pricing. The major cause of the hike is a severe pilot shortage. Data shows this has led to 76% of U.S. airports cutting air service, compared to figures in 2019. That said, authorities gave assurance the situation won't be as bleak as last summer. All of that, I think, has contributed to real improvements. Uh, I would not say we're out of the woods yet, but uh, I am cautiously optimistic about this week being off to a good start. Other factors are also fueling the price rise, like higher fuel costs and strong demand. Experts say this year's travel numbers could rival those before the pandemic. The Transportation Security Administration screened more than 2.3 million travelers last Sunday, already topping Thanksgiving 2019. AAA predicts nearly 55 million people will be at least 50 miles from home this week some of them opting for less costly ways of traveling. While for others, there is no escaping spending more. Our family lives all over. We have some in Ohio and we got some in Arizona. And so it's just expensive whichever way we go. But many believe gathering with loved ones comes before everything else. Weddings and everything's getting back to normal since COVID, right? So 
You want to be part of that joy and part of those relationships, and that's what matters most. And Airlines say they are trying to avoid major delays and cancellations, like those in late spring and early summer. And for our next special report, we take, take a closer look at the housing market. In the most recent quarter, investor home buying saw the largest drop since the 2008 financial crisis. That's 30% year over year, according to Redfin. This excludes the beginning of the pandemic when the government forced everyone to shut down. It's also the largest quarter over quarter drop of all time at 26%, once again, excluding the beginning of the pandemic. Last year, hordes of wealthy investors rapidly snatched up real estate left and right. Redfin says it's, un it's unlikely investors will be swarming back anytime soon. This means people who are actually looking for a home will have less competition. Many say the Federal Reserve is mostly responsible for this. When the Fed raises the federal funds rate, you know what you've been hearing on the news all, the all this time, mortgage rates rise. This makes it more expensive to borrow money to buy a house. Host of the Real Estate Guys radio show, Robert Helms, says even big institutional investors are affected. Just like the, those of us that invest on our own, cost of capital is a concern for them. However, many of those properties are not purchased initially with financing. So a lot of times the bigger market movers are more about acquiring a footprint, a footprint getting some properties. And I think that what's happening now is the larger institutions are looking for exploiting this challenge that there's not as many buyers because of the interest rates, so some of them may be able to move in. But at the same time, if there are storm clouds on the horizon in terms of the economy, they may have pause for reflection as well. Amir Korenji is the founder of The Real Deal, one of the biggest real estate news sites in the world. He says the housing downturn is directly affecting his business. When the market goes down, our traffic goes up, right? Because when the market is up, everybody has the answers and nobody needs, nobody needs to know what's happening in the market because everything is golden. And when the market comes down, everybody's looking for answers because every, you know, not, nothing works out. But there are creative ways to work around the high interest rates. People are doing this in Houston, Texas, where realtor Michaela Green of Realty Preferred sees more investor activity. I'm seeing a lot of uh, the, the buyer pool right now. Um, it consists of investors right now, all cash investors. Um, your investors that are uh, JVing deals together. There are investors that are taking a hit on um, interest rates and buying anyway um, with the hopes to refinance in the future. Uh, those properties are most likely properties that they're buying and holding. Now, JVing a deal, by the way, means doing a deal as a joint venture. Smaller realtors are partnering up to do deals together. She also sees many buyers coming from California and New York. She says there's a lot of growth in the Houston area and Texas in general. Moving on. California's last operating nuclear power plant was given another funding boost yesterday. It will keep running until 2030. The U.S. Energy Department awarded the Diablo Canyon Nuclear Power Plant $1.1 billion in funding. It comes from the infrastructure bill passed by Congress in 2021. Officials say the final terms need to be finalized by the Energy Department. The plant produces about 15% of California's renewable energy and produced about 9% of the state's energy last year. It was scheduled to close in 2025, but California Governor Gavin Newsom reversed those plans in September. 
Several environmental groups objected to the plant continuing operations. 13 reactors across the U.S. have been closed since 2013. And we'll take a short break, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the top stolen vehicle models of 2021. What do you think tops the list? And are auto thefts going up or down? And we take a listen to some new Christmas albums out now from Louis Armstrong, Alicia Keys, and pop violinist Lindsey Sterling. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The list is out for the top 10 most stolen cars in the United States last year. The National Insurance Crime Bureau's 2021 Hot Wheels survey says the top two most popular targets were full-size pickup trucks from Chevy and Ford. They topped the list for the second year in a row. Next in the rankings were Honda Civic, Honda Accord, Toyota Camry, GMC full-size pickup, Nissan Altima, Honda CR-V, Jeep Cherokee, and Toyota Corolla. Overall, the number of stolen passenger vehicles went up 8% in 2021 compared to the year before. The NICB suggests that car owners roll up their windows, lock their doors, and make sure valuables are out of sight to prevent theft. The Federal Aviation Administration on Monday proposed new rules that could help pave the way for commercial air taxi operations. Electric vertical takeoff and landing aircraft have been touted as flying taxis. They could be the future of urban air mobility, and they've drawn interest around the world. The FAA issued a proposal to update its air carrier definition to include powered lift operations. Those aircraft would be subject to similar regulations that cover commercial operations like airlines, charters, and air tours. The FAA does not expect the first powered lift operations to begin until late 2024 or early 2025. The agency expects to issue an implementation plan next May. A proposed merger of two publishing giants is officially over. Paramount Global has officially ended an agreement to sell Simon & Schuster to Penguin Random House. A federal judge had already blocked the proposed sale last month. The ruling was a break from decades of precedent. Numerous publishing mergers used to be allowed with little objection, but the DOJ now argued that the mergers would stifle competition for best-selling books and lead to lower advances for authors. Paramount Global says it still plans to sell Simon & Schuster. Penguin Random House is the country's largest publisher. The proposed merger of the two publishing giants would have resulted in the biggest book publishing house in U.S. history. A Yuletide set of swinging songs from the vaults of Louis Armstrong and a pair of new albums from Alicia Keys and Lindsey Sterling are out now for your holiday listening enjoyment. Take a listen. The snow is snowing. The wind is blowing. But I can weather the storm. What do I care how much it may storm? 
Louis Armstrong's first official Christmas album is out now. Louis Wishes You a Cool Yule wraps up 10 of Satchmo's individual festive tunes into a single release. The album features his duet with Ella Fitzgerald and a previously unreleased recording of the holiday poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas. Sterling's latest release, Snow Waltz, finds the dancer violinist mixing her renditions of Christmas classics with original songs and features duets with Bonnie McKee and David Archuleta. I feel like this album is actually a little bit more me than my last Christmas album. I just really leaned into that kind of whimsical, um, energetic style that I love so much and brought it into Christmas. Singer-songwriter Alicia Keys joins the first time releasing a Christmas album club with Santa Baby. The 11-song set includes Keys' cover of Vince Guaraldi's Christmas Time Is Here from A Charlie Brown Christmas and the Keys' original December Back to June. And that's all the stories we have today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.